Danny Sadu. Welcome back yet again to the Video Arts Podcast, Live and Learn. Thank you for having me. We had to wheel you out for this week's episode because it was written for you, I think. So that's why you're back <laughs> for another time with us. I appreciate being it's here. It's good to have you here. Um, this week's episode is all on lifting the lid on company culture, Ooh. which is a good topic. It is. Um, so before we dive into it, if you could maybe just share your current role, I think, at Hunter Healthcare and also Coniston a little bit as well, just for people's benefit before yeah. we kind of get stuck into the, the topic. So I'm currently a uh, director of people and culture, uh, Hunter Healthcare. Um, I'm me and my team are responsible for ensuring that people have the best experience as they go through the people life cycle, all the way from kind of attracting them and talent attraction all the way through to offboarding and everything in between. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the es- one of the uh, aspects of my role is to uh, protect the current culture that we have and to evolve it and to enhance it as we grow as a business and become a global organization. Um, it was something that I kind of wasn't necessarily accountable, responsible for in my previous company, Collinson, but something I was a big ambassador of and something that I was, uh, I took very personally because, uh, yeah, uh, the culture of a business is for me is the fundamental reason why I joined the business, uh, company. Um, and, uh, I, I know you're going to ask me a question at the end about <laughs> what I've learned, but I'll save that to, I'll save that to the end. Um, but for me, the culture is the critical fact of why I join a business. And if, it, if the culture doesn't resonate with me, I won't join because I'm, I'm the kind of person that um, I give all, I, I, I show up 100% to work. Yeah, absolutely. Give your best self. Yeah, so who I am outside of work and inside of work is the same. And if I can't do that in an organization, then I won't join. And I guess a good place to start is what is culture? There's lots of stuff on there. LinkedIn seems quite a basic question. What is a company culture? How do you define it? And different, you know, it's not benefits. Yeah. As, you know, a lot of people see you on my first day, I was given a pad or you know, <laughs> yeah. for lunch or um, whatever it may be. So what, what's company culture to you? And I guess you, you're taking that forward. Yeah, I think I like to keep things really simple. Everyone's got loads of different definitions, but the one I use that helps me to do my job is that for me, um, culture is the personality of a, of a company. Yeah. So you know you when you say you turn around to someone asks you, oh, what's the personality of of that person? Or you know your best friend, what's their personality like? Who, 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 what, what, Don't do like? me. Be quite negative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you know I love you. Um, when you when when, yeah. when when somebody asks you that question, it's really you tend to be it's tend like, you, 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 you it comes like this. You, yeah, yeah. You, you tend to able to you tend to be able to communicate really easily what someone's personality is like. I think that's the same for culture. If so, if I ask you, what is the personality of your company like? What's the personality of video arts like? You should be able to say it's, well, actually we're this, this, and this. This is the personality. And therefore that personality is what the culture of the business is. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, people's personality, people are who people are who they are, but your personality can adapt and change as you grow and you develop and different things happen to you in life and different milestones happen to you. So actually, you know, I'm still I'm a very energetic and lively person, but I, I, trust me, it's toned down compared to how I was in my twenties. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's, <laughs> I can it's for that. yeah, I yeah. For that. So um, it, it, you, you and actually you can learn to 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 adapt your personality and 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 change it depending on the circumstances you're in, um, as you're more conscious and aware of it. So I think as a company evolves and it becomes more conscious and aware of its personality and its culture, it can evolve and adapt depend as it grows. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and, and really, I think the, the key thing I have on, on, on my notes here when I was looking at this is um, 
how do you get that right? So you're a startup, and Hunter's not a startup, but you're, you're looking to grow into a global kind of force. Yeah. Where do you kind of start with this? So, where, you know, lots of companies have core competencies or yeah. things like that. How do you set that tone and make it spread and make it stick? So where do you start? So it could be someone's in a startup listening into this. It could be that they're having a company culture that's a big juggernaut that has got a bad culture and they want to yeah, change yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two are probably the same thing. If what, what's the fundamental principles of how you approach this? I've actually spoken about this on, on uh, or conferences. Or changing this personality. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, spoke, I've, spoken, I've spoken about this at, at many conferences. <laughs> how you align your how you how you align organizational values to your employees' yes. values. Yeah. So uh, for me, you, you as a biz, as a company, you need to define what your personality is. So you need to have a set of values, right? So. As a person, you need to be. All, so, if someone says to you, "Oh, what's your personality? What you like?" or if somebody asks, or somebody asks somebody else, "What your personality is like?" You need to be aware of who you are as a person. Yeah. So, because I'm aware of what my personality is like, I amplify and put it out there. So, I, I'm pretty certain what people are going to say about me each and every time, because I know what my personality is like. And all positive, Danny. Obviously. Yeah. So, um, I think, and I, th I think that goes the same, and that's the same for a company. So, a company should be really clear on what its personality is. And the way to do that is to create a set of values that are personal to the organization, not just some corporate generic values that have just, that, just been printed off that anybody can you know, regurgitate and, and you don't actually know what they mean yeah. or, or, and they're not personal or bespoke to the company. Having really clear values are absolutely important. And one of the fundamental reasons I joined Hunter was because during the hiring process, the values came out through the people I interacted with. And I was like, I wanna work here. In the in the content I they put they put out in the interactions I had, it was clear what their values were and they lived and breathed it, and I could see and I could clearly see what their personality was and I was like, do you know something? I want that personality in my life. So it's like choosing a best friend. Yeah. I mean, you know when you meet a, you meet somebody and you go, I like your personality. I would like that personality in my life. So I want to spend more time. And with you spend you. more time with your job. Correct. Than your best friend anyway. Correct. And that's exactly how it so should, you should be, be matched. Critical on that. It's exactly how you should match your company's personality and culture to an individual's. So it all starts with the values, isn't it? That's all starts with the values. And you need to create them and make sure they're personal to you and then you use them to drive everything you do from an activity point of view. Yeah, You use them to drive performance, you use them to re reward and recognize people, you use them to, 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 to introduce initiatives, all, all of the above. And therefore, the culture kind of grows naturally and organically as you grow as a business. And let's say you've, you've started that up, you've set that up. How do you, that, you said you were accountable for at the start of this with, with Hunter. Yeah. How, what me measures or metrics can you measure company culture? And how can you be accountable for it as a team? Good question. Um, I think you can look some at- Some people would maybe struggle to put some actual yeah, metrics Yeah, yeah, so some, some good metrics is you can put retention on yeah, there. Yeah, it's an obvious one, yeah. So, you know, attrition, you know, you know attrition, retention, uh, uh, KPIs around it. You can also put in there um, the percent, you know, the, the, the the percentage of internal progression and promotion. So how many of your people are being promoted and progressing into other roles within the business? Or, or change departments. Or changing or, departments yeah. in terms of talent mobility. Length of service. That's a big one. Big one. Um, another one that you can put around that is um, engagement. <laughs> Engagement surveys, yeah. So you know how you know you know how companies sometimes create NPS scores yep. and measure um, the service they provide to customers. Why not do that internally with your employees?
on your people. He employs them all, you know, we'll look after <laughs> customers. Yeah, yeah. Famous Richard yeah, yeah. Branson, I think, has got it. Yeah. Um, so one of the things, you know, long term in Hunter, I'd like to create a kind of NPS score. So when we do employee surveys, people are kind of rating the culture and what it's like to work there. And if it's improving and getting better, you know we're doing a good job. So there's some metrics, I think. Yeah, great answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what happens if you have high performers who are high performers in business goals, yep. but not in the cultural metrics? It's, it's an age-old problem. You've got people that are bad for the culture, but are good for bi the business goals. How do you kind of deal with that? It's a great question. I, I, in my experience, it's, it's you know working with sales teams. You've got people yeah. who are really good salespeople, but bad eggs, I want to call it, be better phrase. You know they. I I, I think especially a company our size and the fact we are growing, um, it's so important that you don't just have people who are good performers but are toxic for your business. Yeah. You need both. I actually feel that, in my personal opinion, you can have people who perform a little bit less but they're a cultural fit and are adding value and helping other people perform yeah. and are providing benefit than having somebody who's an outstanding performer but is toxic and actually reducing the performance of other people around them. So you need to have both. And I, and, I, and I think that there are a lot of organizations where they, they um, what's the word? They tolerate people yeah. who are high performers, but they're toxic for their business. And I don't think that's a good thing. And it's the responsibility on managers as well, because I think you said there, you know, there's, there's ways to counter before this. 100%. And how do you incentivize having, or reward that? 100%, having, having clear, conversations and giving people feedback so they know how they're behaving and also letting them know how their behavior has impact on others is absolutely critical and is key people we need to have a more transparent feedback culture because yep. if you have that then people will be called out for for the wrong behavior yeah the other way of of of, of combating that or the, this scenario you're talking about is not incentivizing people and not rewarding people for just being good in performance but not good from a cultural standpoint Yes. It should go hand in hand. So if somebody's like, "Oh well, listen, I'm not getting, I'm not getting the recognition and 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 and, and being supported in and in ro certain roles and being progressing to roles," it's because you're not driving the company values and the behaviour. You need to be able to do both. Yeah. And if they're not willing to do that, then they'll probably end up leaving themselves. So that's what. Yeah. And so having the component of culture and per and performance as a recognition of of promotion, I think, is key. Is key. And are they separate frameworks and measures and, and maybe matrix set up or, or how would you measure that as so you say if you've got a good, look, well you if you've got a good competency framework it looks at performance and it should look it at should performance be yeah it's one thing it should look at performance and values in my opinion the best ones i've seen have that so there's equal weighting back to your 100 equal weighting for both so culture is an afterthought of yeah you're good at the job oh and by the way you know you no. you should to be, be it should be literally equal weighting so that you go you know and what about C-suite? So I think this is an age-old, you know, massive problem at L&D, just generally getting that C-suite or senior leadership buy-in to this stuff. How have you, I mean, a big skill, I know you personally, Danny, you did a great LinkedIn post about managing upwards last yeah, week. I, I, yeah. That's why I liked. How can you get senior leadership on board if you want to change culture or get them to live and breathe it? Because often it, it does filter down. So yeah. if you see, you know, the chief exec or yeah. C-suite or whatever having toxic traits it can almost make it okay for everyone else to do it right yeah i, I think I how think do you get the manager upwards and get them involved in this process of you know yeah you 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 like you said you fundamentally definitely need to get the buy-in of, of, of leadership i think when one of the things that's key is that when you've created the company values all 
all levels of the business should have contributed and be involved in creating those values. Everyone involved from the start with this process. It's yeah, not so you've thought it and that's it. So I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of organisations where the senior leadership have created the values and then cascaded down to everybody else and expected everybody to conform. Whereas actually, it should be across all levels, like an audit almost. Yeah, yeah, like everybody being involved yeah, in absolutely. it and bought in. That's one. Also, what should happen is that you should have a you, you need a strong people and culture team that will that will hold senior leaders to account and get them to live and breathe those values and also the management community should be calling each other out yeah if you've got a good feedback culture people will will give feedback and call out these behaviors if they're not working um and i feel that there should be at that kind of the c c-suite level um there should fundamentally be somebody from a people representative at that level and they should be driving the values across that board and, and they become a champion for yeah, you. Yeah, and become team. a champion, 100%. Yeah. But that's not always the case, is that's it? That's not always the case. It's often overlooked, I think, with having Correct. someone on the C-suite with people or HR, which is, is wrong, but it is, it's not always. And that's, yeah, and that is definitely something I would recommend because it then becomes easier to have those conversations at board level. And I guess finally, what would be the, the benefits? I mean, I think there's lots of benefits clearly, but just talk us through some of the benefits of having a strong company culture. You mentioned retention and, and, and a few others. Oh, you, you, you create, you create, one of the things that, um, you know, I, I've, I've been doing, uh, you know, I do a lot of reading and research into kind of in, within the people space. One of the things I've seen, um, McKinsey do a lot of really good stuff. So do CIPD, so do uh, Accenture as well. They do a lot of, of really good global studies around people. One of the things um, they have highlighted is that to attract talent, one of the factors to attract talent is companies need to have a really strong purpose and mission. And that's the feature in the culture, doesn't it? Yeah, they need to. They need to have more than just I'm a, I, I provide these services to our customers. They need to have a real mission and purpose to what to 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 what they do and to give back and to have a real strong CS, CSR or ESG agenda, because that's what people are looking for. Yeah. Especially the Gen Zs and Millennials, definitely they're looking for that. I was going to come on to that in, yeah? in terms of generational diversity, Mate, and, and that and that links into culture. That how, links how into do you culture. get them to all synergize yeah? together? So should, do, do you treat them differently? You have got very different expectations within the workforce from generation you know gen z or versus baby boomers or whatever does that come into your thinking when you're designing this or yeah it it it, it, it does i think i think what you need to 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 consider is 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 having a strategy that applies to all the different generations within a business but to be fair there are certain commonalities regardless of what yeah of what generation you're from there are certain commonalities for example everybody wants to learn everybody wants to grow Everybody wants a good working environment. There, there's certain criteria that are key, regardless of what generation you're in. And as long as you can identify what those are, you want to create a, a cultural strategy around those things. Makes total sense. What would you say, Dan, at your people who maybe played devil's advocate to culture, that they're in a type of industry where it's not as pivotal or, or they think it isn't? I mean, I think your answer would be it is, but maybe they're all software developers, they all work globally and totally remotely. They don't interact with each other as much. How would you get them on board with understanding why culture is important to them if it's not immediately as obvious to them and, and their sector um culture doesn't have to necessarily culture tends to be driven or becomes uh enhanced when you are connected and are closer together than you're seeing one another, yes exactly yeah. right but that doesn't mean you can't have a culture virtually so if for example you're a software development company and you are a bunch of software developers but you're working virtually but actually you regularly interact 
you have virtual coffees, you have virtual lunches, you make time to, to, to see one another, you do everything but on a virtual scale and still work collaboratively and treat each other well, that's still a good culture, yeah? Um, culture, like we said, is the personality of, of, of you know, yep. in my perspective, yep. is the personality of the business. What also it drives is how you interact with people, how you collaborate, how you work with one another. So if you haven't got a good culture, you're not gonna be able to collaborate. You're not gonna be able to deliver your best work. So if you're a software developer and you're about coding and putting out the best work, you wanna be able to, you wanna have a culture where you know if you contact one of your colleagues or one of your you're teammates or, or you're stuck, they're gonna answer and they're gonna help you and take things to a better place. Not judge you and hundred percent. So that's why regardless of what organization you're in and how you work, culture is absolutely fundamental to how you interact, take things to a better place, work collaboratively and, and deliver. And I guess retention, uh, all that stuff. Band. It yeah. applies to any company, whatever industry you're in. Hundred percent. And and the other thing as well is culture. Everything, mate. Culture is everything. How you work. Yeah. So if there is a particular, if there is a, if if there is a particular way that these software developers like to work in terms of work-life balance, they like to work from home. They don't like to come into the office. They like to be able to switch off at certain times. All of that's part of the culture. Yeah. So all of these things, you you kind of agree and determine it and naturally grows as as, as part of working together. So. I would say that it, regardless of what company you're in, culture has such an impact on any organization and getting it right and making the effort to get it right will determine whether or not you have you enjoy working in a place. And final bit, you've, you've, been, you've been on the, the show quite a few times now, so you know what I'm gonna ask in terms of live and learn and your, your kind of top tip to <laughs> yeah. share um, on company culture. It's probably quite a good one because you, you started this with Hunter in the last six months. Um, what would you share as your kind of lesson learned on company culture? Or again, funny story. Maybe you've seen a mistake, or yeah, yeah, or you made a mistake, or I, I think I think the, the the your company values, your personality traits, as you might want to call yep. them, right? Um, being clear on what they are, and making sure that the whole company is involved. You you take you take you you diagnose your personality traits or your values from everybody in the business, not just the senior leaders, because your company is everybody. Doing that and making sure they are personal to the business and not generic and corporate is really key. Because once you create values that are really engaging, when, the, when you look at them, you go, that is our business. That is 100% our business. When you say that, you then authentically drive them in the right way and you live and breathe them. And actually people are engaged and therefore they live and breathe well and people call out people if they're not living and breathing them or, or they're not adhering to them or demonstrating them in the right way. Perfect. I think that's a really good place to end this episode. So, again, massive thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Being very helpful with your time and um, your insight, as always, is really helpful. Thanks. I appreciate it. See you soon. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>